hey, I just got a couple things I want to start with. I just kind of found something as I was just kind of scrolling through, and I just want you to just to connect with me. If it's you, go ahead and laugh. If it's not, look at your neighbor. I stay up late every night and realize it's a bad idea every morning. Maybe you don't stay up late, but maybe this one will get you. Oh, my gosh, I finally discovered what's wrong with my brain. On the left side, there's nothing right, and on the right side, there's nothing left. <laughs> Wives, look at their husbands right now. Some days you eat salads and go to the gym, and some days you eat donuts and refuse to put on pants. <laughs> this is right in my wheelhouse. A police officer called the, situ- called the station on his radio and said, I have an interesting case here. A lady just shot her husband for stepping on the floor that she had just mopped. Their reply was, have you arrested her yet? And he said, not yet because the floor is still wet. (laughs) My wife would shoot me. She takes her cleaning very serious. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to the book of Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. We're going to be talking about blind Bartimaeus. Anybody ever heard of blind Bartimaeus? He had a condition. And what was his condition? He was blind. All right? So we're going to get right in today. We're going to to talk about blind Bartimaeus because I believe today that God wants to speak to you this morning. And I believe that God wants to bring some transformation. He wants to bring some healing. And he just wants to bring mercy to your life today. So let's just pray. Father, Lord, we are completely nothing this morning. We can't do anything. But God, we just say everything, all the glory goes to you this morning. And Holy Spirit, we just say that you speak. And Lord, we will just, Lord, take your words. Let them to, allow them to fall on fertile ground this morning and fallow, unfallow ground. Father, we just thank you and we just pray that that God, that you would minister to hearts and minister to lives. Father, I pray that people will not hear me, but they will hear you. And that, Father, that your word would penetrate deep in their hearts this morning and their minds. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, let's go to Mark chapter 10. The Bible says, now they came to Jericho. Everybody say, now they came to Jericho. As As he went out of Jericho with his disciples... A great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. i got to stop right there just for one moment because if there's anybody in here or watching online, if your name is Timaeus, I want to talk to you after service because I want to hug your neck and tell you how much I love that name. And he goes on here and he says, he sat by the road begging. There's a little ring to that. He sat by the road. The road's. The road, he sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, listen what he says, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. You know, sometimes the enemy enemy may try to get our sight, but sometimes he can't get to the important things. We can still hear God. We may not be able to see God. We may not be able to see what's going on with God. But we can hear God. And sometimes the enemy will try to use an impairment. He'll try to take away our sight. He'll try to take away our vision. 
when we still have our hearing. Because how many know that hearing is very important? The enemy didn't realize what was happening here, that this man may be blind and he may have an impairment, but he could still hear God. And he responded to the word of God. He responded to the voice. And here's what he says. He says, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. How many in here this morning, you just need a little mercy in your life? I think that we all need mercy in our life. Can I tell you today, I want to propose to you today that it doesn't matter what your condition is. It doesn't matter what you're going through in life and your situation or your circumstance. But I want to propose and submit to you that Jesus is still mercy. And his mercy can still set you free from the power of sin and death. His mercy can still set you free from the bondage that you live in. Sometimes we live in bondage. Sometimes, you know, I, I just feel like the reason I'm preaching about blind Bartimaeus is because I feel like that I've been going through a season where I lost my sight, where I lost my sight on God, and I lost what God was wanting to do in my life, do in and through me. Because that's what it is. God has a divine purpose. And God has a purpose and a destiny for each one of us. And sometimes our destiny gets a little dim. And sometimes our destiny and our purpose gets a little foggy. Sometimes we can't see what God really wants to do and what God has designed us to do. Blind Bartimaeus had already been shut out by the world. Culture says he's a blind man and he's never going to see. But Jesus says, when I come by, all men shall see. No man shall go away in darkness. Everybody shall see. And I believe today that Jesus is same yesterday, today, and forever. And he wants you to see because he's watching you. He's watching every move you make, and he wants to be a part of each one of our lives. And he, he cried out again. He said, then many warned him to be quiet. Sometimes that sounds like church folk because sometimes if I have a passion for God or you have a passion for God, and sometimes the people around you, they don't have a passion for God, they tell you to be quiet. The world says to be quiet, but I say today and declare that we need some people that have a Barnabas cry. There needs to be some people that are living in conditions, walking through conditions, and not letting their conditions to define or alter their identity of who they are in Christ. And we need some people that will cry out for a passion for Jesus. That's what Jesus is looking for. That's what he wants out of our life. So the Bible says that they warned him. You ever had somebody just warn you about something? Somebody always wants to just let that run around the track a little bit too. People just want to warn you about this. They want to warn you about that. They want to warn you about this guy or this girl. And the reason they're warning you is because that's the person that they want. That happened when I was a kid. But listen to what he says. It says, many warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more. See, I think that's what's wrong with us today. Sometimes we get invalid in our life and we live in our same condition and we lose our cry. We lose our voice because people may say that we're not the validity of who we are 
and where we're going is not valid anymore, and all and all they think is that we're just all all they think is that we're obsolete, and we're just sitting on the roadside. You see, Barnabas was in the right place. I don't think that was the first time that Barnabas was laying out there begging for something to happen. See, the enemy doesn't care whenever you're begging for stuff. But whenever you're begging for God, that's when the enemy tucks his tail and runs. Can I get anybody in this place, five people, that says I beg for God and I want God to do a miracle in my life today? Give him praise right now. Because the enemy doesn't care if we go after stuff. But the enemy cares when we go after God. When we go after God, you'll see the temperature start rising. How do you know that you're getting close to God? Is that's whenever troubles, tribulations, trials, and the heat begins to, to raise up. The temperature begins to rise. The temperature begins to rise. Your finances may struggle. Your marriage may struggle. The enemy's... His, his intention is to cause division in your life, in your relationship, in your marriage, with your children, with everybody around you, because he doesn't want you to be connected with people that have the same passion that you do. And that was blind Bartimaeus. He had a passion, and everybody already wrote him off to be obsolete, and he wasn't anything anymore, but he was something. Because the Bible says that he cried out all the more. And he says, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Now look what he says in verse 48. He says, then, he says, 49. He said, then, so Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Jesus stood still. See, when we cry out to God and when we beg for God, Listen, I believe that today that there is a position that we beg. Because the Bible says that when we come to God as poor in spirit, then his kingdom is going to be poured out. That's one of the greatest sermons that Jesus ever preached right there. Is He said, blessed are they that are poor in spirit. When you become bankrupt with everything else and you realize that your need for everything else is not what you need to fill the void in your life and that what you need is Jesus, but you, it's all a mentality thing that we got to get ourselves to a place. I believe that God honors that whenever we beg for him. Whenever we say that nothing else matters, we're poor in spirit, that's when the kingdom of heaven, that's when the kingdom of God is poured out onto our life. And I believe that there's some people in here today that you're going through some conditions. You're watching my line. You're going through some conditions, and you feel like blind Bartimaeus because you feel like that you've been begging for something. You've been waiting for something. You've been sitting on the road waiting for something and waiting for Jesus to come by, and he hasn't come by your place. But I come today to tell you to cheer up. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel that Jesus will walk by your situation. He will. We have to connect with him. He says, be of good cheer. After he told the man, he commanded him, Jesus stopped. That there's one thing that will stop Jesus right in his tracks. It's someone that will cry out to him. Remember, the Bible teaches us about the woman that touched the hem of Jesus' garment. Again, he stopped. He didn't just keep on walking 
and preach some sermon, the Bible says that he stopped, he turned around. And when grace turns around and, and lays eyes on your situation, you better be ready to see what grace is getting ready to deliver in your life. So he says that, so Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. Can I tell you this morning that some of you have given up on your gifts, you've given up on your talents, you've even given up serving in church. But I'm here to tell you today that God cares about you and he's calling you back. He's calling you. He knows you. He knows your name and he's calling you. He's calling each of you. He's calling me. He's calling all of us. He's calling us because he sees us. Then the Bible says he is calling you and throwing aside his garment. That's what I like about this scripture. The Bible says that he threw away his hindrances. He threw away the things that was blocking him from God. You see, I think maybe you're sitting here today, you're saying, I don't have anything blocking me with God. Me and Jesus, we have it all going on uh, up in here. But I'm telling you today that I know that there's some things in my life that I'm walking out. There's some conditions. There's some things that I'm walking out that I'm still trying to pursue and get in touch with Jesus about. Because many times in our life, we say, well, they need it more. See, I think that's what the power of this scripture is right here. This was not just for Barnabas. I think that what happened was when Jesus preached this message, if you look in the very first verse that we started reading, the Bible says they came to Jericho. Who came to Jericho? I think what Jesus was trying to do was is he was trying to open the eyes, the blinded eyes of the people that was following him. Because many times it's easy for us to get blinded and say they're the problem. They're the ones that got it going on in their life, not me. Well, that's what it says on Facebook. That's what it says on Instagram. That's what it says, so that's the way it's got to be. But I think what Jesus is wanting us to do is, is to get to our own condition. I began to ask God as I was studying this scripture and I was asking God to speak to me about blind Bartimaeus and I was saying, God, I feel like blind Bartimaeus. I can't imagine. He had been written off. People said there's no hope. You ever been in a situation, maybe you're sitting here today watching by line and people saying there's no hope. Nobody cares about you. The greatest voice of the enemy is to tell you that you're in a place of isolation. The enemy wants to isolate you so he can destroy you. But God says, I come to give light and give it more abundantly. Not just more, but I come to give it more abundantly. And he says, be of good cheer. He's calling you. And he threw aside. That would be my subtitle today is throwing it to the side. What are the things in your life this morning that God may be speaking to you about that you need to throw to the side? What conditions, what things? I begin to ask God, God, what are the things in my life? I'm just going to be really transparent, really open. Here's what God told me. He said, Chris, you have jealousy in your heart. I said, no, that was the other Chris. <laughs> he said, you have pride in your heart. Them are conditions. Them are things that I got to work through. See, I, sometimes 
even whenever the enemy or God begin to speak those things into my life and into my heart that I need to deal with, sometimes I will disqualify myself because I don't think that I'm good enough, but I'm telling you, telling you this morning, and I want to submit to you that you don't have to be good enough according to the man's standards. You don't have to be approved or you don't have to go through some qualification or approval from people, but approval from God. Because many times people are waiting for the approval of people. They want the applaud of people. But I'm telling you this morning, get the applaud from God. Go to God. Go to God for your help. Go to God with your condition. Take your condition. Chris, take your jealousy to God. Don't take your jealousy and hurt somebody else. Sometimes it's hard to see what's happening in your own life because you're looking through the lenses of what's happening in everybody else's life. See, we want, to be, we want to point it out. We want to point it out in everyone else's life, but our own life sometimes we don't deal with it. Listen, I want you to understand this morning what God told me. He said, Chris, if you don't deal with the conditions, the conditions will deal with you. If you don't identify the conditions in your life, then they will identify who you are. I don't want any conditions to limit me because I got a destiny. I have a purpose, and you have a purpose, and you have a destiny. You can't let some something him hinder you or cripple you or paralyze you from the destiny and the purpose that God has for you. Look at it in John chapter 5. Look at it in John chapter 5. You still with me? Yeah. It's really quiet. Really quiet. I know you guys are ready for Pastor Chad to come back. I know it. He's awesome too. He's awesome. John chapter 5, it says, after this, there was a feast, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem the sheep gate, or a pool, or a sacrificial place, they would call it, if you study it out, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda. In other words, it's called the house of mercy. Remember, the man, the blind man said, Barnabas said, have mercy on me. See, that's what he was needing. I think that's what we need to go for is the mercy of God. I need a little mercy in my life. How many has ever said, have mercy on me? You just threw it out and you didn't even know what you were saying. But that's what it's called, the house of mercy. The Bible says that it has five porches. Look in verse 3 has five porches. It says, in these porches lay a great multitude of sick people. So I think sometimes that's almost like the church, that there's a lot of sick people at church. I'm not talking about sick people physically. I'm talking about mentally sick. Sometimes we don't want to admit it, but that's what the Bible would, would actually uh, talk about if you was to study that out when it talks about the sick people it was talking about people that were spiritually, mentally, or physically disabled. It wasn't just talking about physical. There were some mental people. There's some people with emotional. There were some broken people sitting at the pool. You see, God will use broken people before he'll use people that are full of pride and arrogance. He'll use people because he will exalt those that are humble, but he'll resist those that are proud.
And he says that there was sick people there. There was a blind man. There was blind. There was lame. There was paralyzed. Anybody in here paralyzed spiritually today? The word paralyzed actually means the King James would say withered, maybe dry. Anybody dry? I know it's hot outside. It's 100 and something degrees outside. Anybody dry? Anybody dry in your spiritual walk with God? See, I feel like that's where I've been, in a spiritual dry spell. But, Lord, I can tell you today that when you come to the house of mercy, that the mercy comes upon you and the mercy will dampen you and wet you and give you a new vision and a new direction for your life. was paralyzed, and the Bible says that they were waiting for the moving of the water. And I know that some of you probably came back to the second service because you wanted to hear the ending of the first service story that I told about my new pool. I got to tell you about this pool we got. So my wife been after me for a year and a half about a pool. And I've been procrastinating for a year and a half about getting a pool. I've been dragging my feet because I have conditions. I'm not hearing correctly. So we have this pool, and I'm just giving you a little advice. Don't ever, if you're going to buy a pool, buy a new one and have somebody else put it up. Don't buy one that somebody else has given away, and, you want, and you're going to have to put it up. Because you will need conflict resolution in your marriage. So my wife's after me. We buy this pool. We get it, all, get it all taken down. We go to this place, and we take the pool down. My wife and I show up, and we have one more person helping, and the people start laughing at us like, where's the rest of your help? I said, well, my friend says that a cut him and his wife took down one, so I think me and my wife can do the same. And he just kept laughing. So we're there, and we're taking this thing down, and and we get to a certain place, and I call some friends, and we go back the next day. I realize that he was right. So we go back the next day, and we take this pool down. Anybody with me, anybody ever taken down a pool? It's some work. So we're getting this thing. We're manhandling this thing. We get it up on the trailer. We take it to my house, and I thought maybe my wife might forget about it being on the trailer <laughs> and forget about it wanting to put it up, so I had a way, you know. So I let it sit for a while. We got to put this pool up. There was even one moment where she said, she made the comment, you win by text message. <laughs> After she's asked me, when are we going to get the pool up? So we get the pool up. We're getting it all together. And I mean, if, if anything can go wrong, it can go wrong. And I said, see, God did not tell us to get a pool. <laughs> I'm telling you, I heard God. So we get the pool up, we get it all together. I got my, my fire hydrant out front, you know, and I'm like, hey, uh, guys that, you know, they flush the fire hydrant. I'm like, hey, by any chance would you want to, uh, you know, flush your hydrant into my pool? Because I know that you do that every once in a while, right? So anyways, we get the water, we get the water in the pool, and it comes up to about right here. And then we realize, I didn't realize, my, my wife realized that it was off track. So in other words, you got to put down this track, and this pool has to fit in the track. And it actually came off the track, which is not a good thing, after you have water in it. And I'm sitting there saying, I didn't see that off the track. And I'm kicking dirt against the pool. 
And she's saying, yeah, it's off track. But I say that to say this, that there wasn't any water moving. There wasn't any, there wasn't any breeze moving because guess what? It was the hottest day of the year. The hottest day of the year. And it stirred up a lot of conditions in our life. It stirred up a lot of emotions, a lot of feelings, and a lot of things going on. We had to let run around the track. We didn't talk for almost a week. No, we really did. We did. But I say that. Look at the next verse. The Bible says, had to bring some humor to connect. It says, for an angel went down at a certain time in the pool and stirred up the water. Remember, they were waiting at the pool. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well after of whatever disease he had. Look at the next verse. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Remember, when Jesus heals people, sometimes he doesn't give them a name. Their name's not recorded. Blind Bartimaeus was named. This man was not named. But they both got touched by the same God. The Bible says when Jesus saw him lying there, when Bartimaeus heard Jesus coming, there was a connection there and knew that he had already been in that condition, condition, a long time. Can I tell you this morning that Jesus knows that you've been in the condition that you've been in for a long time. He knows your conditions. The Bible says that there is nothing hidden from God, nothing. And it went on, it says, he said to him a crazy question. He says, do you want to be made well? He asked blind Bartimaeus the question, can I do anything for you? And I guess that's what Jesus is asking this morning. Can I do anything for you? Do you want to be made well or do you want to live in your condition? Do you want to live and continue to live in your sin, in your condition? Do you want to still look at the woman that you're not married to and have lust in your eyes? Do you still want to look at that phone late at night when nobody else is looking? Do you still want to be a closet drinker? You want to go out on Saturday night, get drunk, act like everything's okay, your house is torn apart, your marriage is torn apart, and then you come to church and you act like it's okay? That's a condition. God is saying if you don't deal with your condition, your condition will deal with you. Your condition can't define who you are because God has a destiny for you and a purpose. And his purpose for you is not to see you along the road, stranded, broken. There's three things I believe God will do. The first one is, God can use your place. How do you apply it to your life? Well, I'm in this place right now. I'm just really in this place. Guess what? God can use your place. God used the place. God continues to use a place in my life when I'm broken. God comes to meet me. And I connect with him because he's always passing by. It's just whenever I realize that I don't, I don't want to live in my condition any longer, that I want to be free, I want to be healed from my condition. That's why it's good if you have a group and you have a team to help you walk out conditions in your life. 
God can use your place. He used blind Bartimaeus' place. He was in that place. He was broken. He didn't have nothing to give. The next thing that God can do is God can use your passion. Don't let people silence your passion for God. Sometimes we get around people and we just don't want to talk because we don't want people to see our passion for God. God wants the world to know your passion for Him. There's a passion inside of you. There's a Barnabas cry inside of you. God can use your passion to heal your brokenness, to heal your condition. The next thing is, is God can use your potential. And being the first to admit this morning, but when for the grace of God, I'm nothing, man. We're all nothing. Without God, we're nothing. We bring out the blind Bartimaeus, he brought his potential. His potential was is that he was begging for stuff. He knew how to beg and he knew how to shout. He knew how to say some things. He knew the right things to say because he had been in that state and that quality and that condition for a long time. God can use your potential. You say, I don't have much to offer. That's great. That's when God likes to work best. God doesn't want to work if you're trying to work against him. God can use your potential. God can use the place that you're in right now in your life. That you're not too far gone. That God can't use you. You see, what God was trying to do, what Jesus was trying to do, is he was showing his disciples. He was showing them again, right before his death, he was showing them the healing of blind Bartimaeus so that their eyes would be open so that they would not be blind, spiritually blind. That's what I think. That's why Jesus took them. They went to Jericho. Otherwise, we would just have this story about blind Bartimaeus and Jesus. But Jesus decided to take his friends so his friends could see and the friends' eyes would be open. They would not be dim because Jesus said, I am the light of the world and you shall not walk in darkness. And he wants everybody to see but maybe you're here today and maybe all you have is your ears to hear. And that's great. God can use your ears. So let's just pray. Father, we just thank you, Holy Spirit. All of you watching online this morning, we just thank you, Holy Spirit, that, that you reveal to the heart of man our conditions. That there is nothing that is hidden from you, God. There is nothing. There is no infirmity. There's no, there's no mental sickness, emotional sickness. There's no depression. There's no anxiety. There's no fear. No fear of being accepted, not being accepted by people or approved by people. 